Welcome, Rock Candy. Hi. A weekly podcast exploring the sweetly scandalous tales from the lipstick and leather world of music. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one today. We're your two beer drinking babes. I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. <laughs> and I am going to be up front right now and say that I either have allergies or a really shitty cold. And I'm going to sound terrible tonight. So. And we also just spent an hour trying to troubleshoot fucking stupid, stupid Windows problems. It was an hour and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, good thing I had beer. <laughs> but I was like, mm, getting a Mac. Yep. Fuck you, Windows. Yeah. If Eat any- a dick. If anything uh, makes you want to get a Mac, it's... It's it's Windows 10 updates. Yeah, it's stupid updates that don't work. And make your sound card useless not work anymore. Because, you know, Windows yeah. 10 is garbage anyway. Windows so. 10 is garbage. You know, you guys were doing just fine at 7. I don't know why you went off and did things I mean, to it. Thanks, Bill Gates. Although Thanks. I hear he's a very lovely man and a he's philanthropist. A, he is a wonderful man, but <laughs> but Jesus Christ, your computer's fucking sucks. I made out of it cursing his name the entire time we were doing this. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But thankfully we had beer to yeah, keep yeah. us company. Yeah. And tonight, to coincide with Priest's newest album, we are drinking Zero Gravity's Little World. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to coincide... <laughs> With Priest's newest album, we're drinking Zero Gravity's Little Wolf Pale Ale. It's a reference to song on the album called Lone Wolf. There you go. There you go. Was- also, Zero Gravity is great. It is great. We went there. You you reminded Delightful. me that we went there, and then I remembered that we went there when I saw the little birdie, and then remembered there's a birdie on the side of the, the building. Yeah, it took us a solid like 30 minutes of, did we go there? No, we went there. But did we? In our defense, <laughs> we went there drinking. Also, we went to like eight other breweries yeah. the same day. Yo, but go to fucking Vermont. They got breweries. 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 <laughs> no, Burlington it. is a beautiful city and I love it. And they have a lot of beer and it's all pretty much oh, delicious. God, yeah. When I retire, I'm just retiring to Burlington. <laughs> Into a vat of beer. Yeah. I'm going to live in one of those vats. It's going to be a great time for me. Yeah. Just don't fill it with beer or I'll die. Living the dream. Yes. That a beer and a straw. That's going to be my best life. I'm excited about it. Anyway, so to continue, like we said last week, we we're doing a two-parter. And we are finishing off Judas Priest this week. But what some of you may or may not know is that we are intertwining it with Pride Month. Because Rob Halford, super gay. On and account of the gay. On account of the gay. <laughs> And we really want to take this month to celebrate all of the gay artists, whatever they represent in Across the, the entire, rainbow flag. entire spectrum. Yes. So this week we will be starting off the month with Rob, who is a homosexual. <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to say it like that, but I did. I did, and I'm okay it with it. It gives it some pizzazz. Yeah. It's good. I don't know if he needs it. He is, he's a zazzy man. He's a pizzazzy man. He's a zamzaddy. <laughs> Yep. Oh, he is. I've, I've fallen in love with We're Rob already Halford. like two beers deep. We're already so. two beers deep in rage and cold medicine. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy, folks. It's a fun mix. Buckle up. <laughs> so, alrighty, let's set the scene of 1998 by looking at two important cultural shifts in this story. 
Heavy metal has taken a serious backseat to not just the noise of catchy 90s pop tunes, but also to upcoming new metal bands like Korn, Limp Bizkit, Kid Rock, Stained, and many Ugh. other sweaty white boys. Oh. <laughs> I listened to that music, though. It's fine. Oh, I did, too, and it was it's so fine. bad. It's fine. It's some fine. of it. <laughs> there's some of it that I hear it, and I'm like, oh, memories. I remember, I remember this. <laughs> They wish they were like that. Well, John and Davis sometimes. But then he had white boy dreads and a receding hairline, so can't really give it to him. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Well, anyway. (laughs) I'm giving you the the Canadian apology. We're giving the Canadian sorry. Sorry. Jonathan Davis gets the Canadian sorry. (laughs) Take off hoser. (laughs) Metal was currently the underdog of the music community by this time. And, well, the Judas Priest kind of metal. Right. right? Like yeah. The Thrasher, 80s, like, heavy. Thrash metal, glam metal. Yeah. Oh, glam metal. metal was nowhere to be seen. Like, glam metals was... Yeah. Glam metals? Glam metals was metals. over. It was uh, gone. Hair metal was done. Yeah. All that shit over. Yeah. It was gone. So... There you go. So you've already got kind of Judas Priest. Nobody's really thinking about him because they're and, like. Mm. And not only was it over, it was almost. Um, oh, what's the word? I just had it and it flew right out of my brain. Bye, bitch. That's what it said. I heard <laughs> Bye, it. Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. Girl, you two be as deep. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was almost like it was embarrassing almost. It was passe right it wasn't especially yeah at that time that was our parents music and that music was lame yeah and grunge grunge had already happened it oh, came and yeah. went by that point like this kind of metal was sad yeah grunge was cool to us in high school but even that wasn't cool to people to kids younger than us yeah so and it, it, yeah. it wasn't even cool anymore to people older than us. Yeah. Like, it, it well, already... people older than us really didn't like grunge to begin with, yeah. I don't think. Except for well, Gen Xers. Oh, Gen Xers right. were angry. They still love grunge. I still love grunge. That's whatever. <laughs> I still love grunge. I still love grunge. <laughs> well, on the other side of the story, being gay still wasn't quite making the list of acceptable lifestyles either. Sure, we had some cool icons here and there, but overall the gay scene was either something to laugh at or to be ashamed of. This was the year that a young man named Matthew Shepard was beaten, tortured, and left to die tied to a fence. Did you ever see the Laramie Project? Oh, we did it in my college. Which your college probably did too, because everyone's college did when we were freshmen. I don't remember if they did, but I definitely, I watched it for the first time way later when I was working in a video rental store. Um, And I was like, I watched it at work. Oh no! And I was like, oh my god, this is horrible! And I remember MTV made a, some kind of made-for-TV movie for it, I think, and I saw that, and I was really upset about it, and I think that was even before I was in college. Yeah, they probably did it pretty shortly after. Yeah, the whole I think it was two thousand one ish, maybe. But yeah, yeah. no, the Matthew Shepard incident is fucking atrocious. It's disgusting, and so that's kind of the scene at the time of ninety eight. And this was also the year that Rob Halford accidentally let it slip during an MTV interview that he was a gay man in the metal world. But I'm jumping the gun a bit here. Yeah. 
So, let's go back to 1991, a year after the subliminal message trial, and Judas Priest were back in action on the Painkillers tour in promotion for the album of the same name. This time, they dropped the 80 synth and went straight metal. We now see Rob covered in new tattoos, including a large Judas Priest cross on his arm, and this is where he began shaving his head as well. During this tour is when the onstage motorcycle incident that Ashley mentioned last week occurred, Mm -hmm. and later Rob would say that this was one of the incidents that began to cause the large rift in the band. Wow. Really made him start thinking. broke his face. Yeah, he really began to think about his life, think about his choices after this event. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, I understand why he would be doing that. You just went through this very emotional trial where two of your fans... One did kill themselves and one tried to, mm-hmm. and then you're taken to court for it, and yeah. it's it's stressful, and it sucks, and it's emotional, and then, what, like a year later, you go out on tour, and you're playing a show where you're riding a motorcycle out on stage in, like, 30 pounds of leather and metal, mm-hmm. and you ride your bike into a drum riser and break your fucking face. And then you think... And then you think... What am I doing? Yeah. What, what What? am I doing? What else can I be doing? I'm, I'm, what, pushing 40? I think at this point, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Pushing 40? Somewhere in his 30s. I mean, maybe. Maybe think about some down other things. Maybe, I don't, you know, or just, just, how much more of your life do you have to live? What else are you going to do with it? That's kind of where he was at. Like, what else can he do with his life? Right. But it's never really just one thing, is it? You know, Rob had been exploring other music projects as an outlet for his creativity, and initially this was NBD. He had his bandmate's blessing to go off and try to do something new. However, his management wasn't as gung-ho about the idea, and it kind of forced the group into this wall of conflict that they just couldn't get over. And some stated that Rob wanted to take a few years off to explore other projects, and the label simply wouldn't allow it. And at this point, the band starts fighting a lot. There's a lot of just bickering. And they now say in interviews, you know, we were saying shitty things to each other that we shouldn't have been saying. But there was so much stress and tension that they just couldn't help it. Were they still on CBS Records at this point? I believe No, they were on Columbia at this point. Oh, okay. but Or Sony. I think Sony and Columbia are connected somehow. I don't know. All the, all the Sony labels probably fucking own out. each other, yeah. Um, but... Eh. Either way, Sony or Columbia, they're a pretty big label. Right. They've got to have plenty of other money makers going on at this point. So it doesn't make sense why they would forcibly keep Rob there. Right. And if he arguably... wanted to do other things and if the band wasn't really... Well, I guess this is still early 90s, so they were still pretty popular. But I'm sure their fame was kind of, you know, Grunge waning. was coming in. Grunge was and that's when they coming in pretty hard. Out. Yeah. And they were effectively pushed out probably by 1992. Yeah. So it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why they wouldn't let him just do what the... F- and they've been on this label for how long now? A bit. At least since the mid-80s. Like, they've been... I guess maybe they just wanted to wring them dry. Yeah. It's a record label. That's what they do. Yeah. They're really good at it. So it should come to no surprise... That by the summer, he told the band that he would not be continuing on with them. By May of 92, not only was a formal announcement made to the public, but Rob Halford was suing their label for restrictive practices and overall blamed them for forcing his hand in leaving the band. 
I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and he still stands by that today. I mean, they they if they were a little bit more lax about things, he probably wouldn't have been so antsy to get out. Yeah, because it sounds like it. It's not like it was the band that was preventing him from doing what he wanted. They were supportive of it. It was the management and the record label that was like, no, you can't do anything else. You have to stay with this band. Exactly. So, which you can't really do i guess unless i don't know what the terms of their contract was yeah i believe now he is being or later on he does get sued by his management because they said he breached contract i didn't look too much into that stuff because it's a lot of crazy legalese that he's just kind of taken care of and the stupid thing is is that this shit can always be renegotiated seriously always he comes back spoiler alert he comes back guys obviously they're on tour now they're on tour so in case you didn't know now you know spoiler alert he comes back but so it's it's not a big fucking deal get over it yeah Rob seemed to be on good enough terms with the band, at least, and they he did attempt to fulfill contractual obligations because he does collaborate with them on a 20th anniversary album called Metalworks 7393, and also took part in a documentary of the band up to that point. So he's still being pretty, he's still playing ball. Yeah. You know, there's really no reason to get pissy about it. And despite their lead singer going solo, this did not deter the band from wanting to continue on. Sure, they had a brief stint of what are we going to do now, but they managed to find a new lead singer in Tim Ripper Owens. Tim, or does he prefer to be called Ripper? Whenever I'm calling him Tim. I, I, Call him Tim. I've heard two different stories. I heard that he got the name Ripper, like, ages ago mm. because he was a super huge, like... Judas, yeah, Priest Judas Priest fan. fan. And he like gave himself that nickname. But I also heard that the band gave him that nickname because when he auditioned, he sang their song, an old song called The Ripper. The Ripper. Yeah. And the band gave him that. I'm going to go with the first story because yeah. that is far more plausible. I, I agree. And I'm still calling him Tim. I'm calling him Ripper. Ooh. Confusing, confusing for the listener. Who are we talking about? Tim or the Ripper? You'll never know. We're talking about Tim the Ripper. Ooh, Tim the Ripper. There you go. Well, he was the lead singer of Judas Priest tribute band, like you said, and the name was Brit- British Steel. And when Judas Priest was looking for a new singer, the drummer Scott Travis happened to come across him at a show, took a video back to the band because he was so blown away with how good he was. Wasn't he, like, singing along to Judas Priest at their show? Or am I... No, no, he he was doing the one of oh, the tribute shows. Oh, he was playing shows. his own sh- Okay, gotcha. And Scott must have seen him there and was looking at him saying, there's no way this guy... What? So when he brings back the video to everybody else, they're saying, nah, this dude's... Just so you dubbed over this. There's no fucking way. Because he does sound pretty on point with Rob Halford. And that's rare. Yeah, that is rare. he has rare. a pretty fucking amazing voice. So It's kind of weird when bands find that kind of yeah. thing. Um, Journey did the same thing. Yeah, that was um, weird. I didn't realize that they even had a new singer until halfway through the concert I went to. I was like, wait, that's, that's not, not Steve, Steve Perry. Perry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, it's a Vietnamese guy. Yeah. Yep. I was like, oh, he's much younger and not white. He's, is he Vietnamese or Filipino? I think he's Filipino. I think he's Filipino. I'm Um, going to Filipino. 
I watched a documentary on that, actually. I forgot yeah, the name a of whole, it. There's a whole one on Netflix, I believe. Yeah, it was actually really good because you actually get into the background of this guy. I'm so I'm sorry, I forgot his name completely. Yeah. No, um, but not Steve Perry. It's not not Steve Perry. It's the, the new guy. But um, he was in a Journey tribute band in the Philippines. And somehow uh, the rest of Journey got a, got wind of him and they're like, no, this guy sounds exactly like Steve Perry. Oh what my the God. F- this is so fucking weird. But also get him in the band. <laughs> Steve's gone. So let's take this guy. Yeah. And that's pretty much what they did. And everybody fucking loves him. He's a fantastic singer. No, he really is. He's great. Yeah. And the only reason Steve Perry is in the band anymore is because he's had a lot of health problems. Yeah. So it's not even like... Well, a, I don't know if he... I don't know if it was a clean He left initially. Break. I, mean, I don't know if it's like everything's hunky-dory, but he definitely had a lot of throat problems. Yeah, And I'm couldn't sure. keep up the way he was before. Fucking everybody fr- from that generation, from that time period has throat issues. Serious ones. Like Steve... Uh, Steve. <laughs> Steve. I almost called him Steve Perry. No, uh, Steven Tyler. Yep. From Aerosmith oh. has really bad vocal cord issues because just basically pushing your vocal cords to the absolute limit yeah. every single night for yeah. almost every single day of the year. And the drinking and the drugs year. don't help. Yeah, and like, you know, snorting a coke hole through your nasal oh. passage doesn't fucking help either, Stevie Nicks. Oh. But... <laughs> But that's another story. That's another episode. We already went through that. About cocaine. <laughs> well, back to Tim. They were apparently so impressed by what they saw that they paid for his flight to England and offered him the position on the spot. Like, wow. he barely sang through his first song. Like, nah, nah, you're good. Just come on. Come on. And he's like, okay. And this was well before YouTube and social media it and was. everything. But so. you know, if you want a super accurate telling of this story... You should check out the movie Rockstar with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> oh, Rockstar. Super accurate. I remember telling you this and you were like, wait, what? And then I remembered after you told me and that my like, sister no. loves this movie. No. And if my sister is listening. Rockstar is definitely about the second lead singer of Judas Priest. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I've now made all the connections. So, just, yes. If, if uh. the story doesn't intrigue you, then... Just watch it for Mark Wahlberg's wig. I guess. And Jennifer Aniston trying to look kind of 80s. And But how hard is it for Jennifer Aniston to look 80s? Apparently kind of hard. Well, <laughs> whose she, fault is that? Uh, yeah. Makeup. I blame, I blame it on wardrobe completely because oh, yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'm like misrepresenting it in my head, but I just feel like the entire movie... Mark Wahlberg is wearing this horrible, like, extension yeah. wig and also a Canadian leisure suit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's just, like, all denim head to toe oh, no. 24-7 for that guy. Watch oh. it. It's great. And by great, I mean terrible. Yeah, but I mean, you know, sometimes it's fun to watch a shitty movie. And, and shitty it is, apparently, because while it's based on Tim's story here, they took a lot of liberties that they didn't realize they were going to take. Ooh. And both Judas Priest and Tim really don't oh, care for it. it. And of the t- film, Tim said, quote, if I could sue, I would. Yeah. <laughs> so. And you probably should. You know, if you could. With Tim, the band would release two albums, Jugulator in 1997. What? Yeah, Jugulator. 
Jugulator. Who, appro- who approved that? I, I think it's Jugulator, but I kind of like to say Jugulator. <laughs> like you're fucking French. We oui. Jugulator. Jugulator. And uh, Demolition in 2001. The band still did fairly well, even with the change of lineup. And this would be due in part to Tim actually having a very impressive vocal range and sounding not too far off from Rob. So, so do we know what, what Rob thinks of this guy? Rob is fine with it. Nice. He actually really didn't have any problems because Rob freed himself to do whatever he wanted. He was off exploring other avenues in music and he started a band called Fight. And it's a mix of heavy metal with a bit of the groove thrash metal vibe, you know, a la Pantera kind of sounding. Okay. And it really coincided with the sound at the time, though. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what people wanted to hear. And Priest drummer Scott actually played drums for the band on recording sessions. Hmm. So they're doing okay as far as getting along. Even though shitty things were said, they seemed to manage to keep the peace for the most part. It sounds like they recognize their shittiness on both sides. Oh, they do. And definitely even later on down the road, they both talk about it like, ah, we said shitty things. That wasn't cool. Rob hit the ground running with Fight and they put out their first album, War of the Words, in 93. And then their second album, A Small Deadly Space, in 95. But the band just didn't last. And I don't know why I looked all over the internet. And there doesn't seem to be like a real reason that they broke up. I think hmm. he just got interested in other projects. However, arguably better album titles. Oh, so. my, my, there's no jugulator on this I, one. No jugulator. I'm sure it's jugulator. Jugulator. Yeah, I like I like You're saying welcome. it that way. See, it sounds way better when you say jug. <laughs> it sounds more metal when you say jugulator yeah. as opposed to jugulator. Yeah. Because yeah. what is a jugulator? I don't is it, know. Is it a machine that makes juggalos? Oh, no. Yeah. Think oh, about that's it. a nightmare. Think about it. Oh, God, that's a nightmare. Oh, oh I bet you. Don't you know? <laughs> don't you know that's the nightmare? That's a nightmare, though. Take off, loser. We're real Canadian tonight, eh? Hey. Well, we do bad British accents. We might as well do bad Canadian accents. Because I know we got Canadian friends listening, too. I would argue my Canadian accent. My stereotypical Canadian accent is much better than my British accent. We're not far from them, so it's easy my enough. My British accent immediately turns into a Southern American accent. Mine just goes to a bad Liverpool every time. Oh, every time. time. You turn into John Lennon every time. Well, like, John Lennon mixed with Ringo, I think. <laughs> Which is just a weird mishmash. Anyway, Rob was done with Fight and he started another band called Two. It is spelled number two W O. Two. Two woo? Two woo. Oh, maybe it's actually two woo instead of two. Two woo? Two woke. No. Rob Halford was always hashtag two woke. Anyway, two was a metal band. Do you remember that boy band called Five? And that it was, was spelled, spelled with the number number five, five yes. I V E. There's got to be a lot of bands that did that. Oh, oh, like a lot. Oh, yeah. it's painful. The '90s were a weird time, kids. We were confused. We were. It's fine. Numbers are letters. We were really confused. So, two was a metal band with a touch of industrial to it. They formed in 1996 and were signed to Nothing Records, headed by the one and only Trent Reznor. I was just gonna say. Is yeah. it nothing part of Interscope and also headed by Trent Reznor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he produced their only album in 1998 called Voyeurs. 
that was like prime Nine Inch Nails. That was around the time when they put out The Perfect Drug, which was one of my favorite yeah. fucking songs oh. of that time. It was such a good song. Because he put out Perfect Drug for Lost Highway, I think, yes. right? And I think Lost Highway was like 97? Something like that. I was I was in like junior high, I think. The band let Rob really explore some leather daddy fantasies with the production of the music video for I Am a Pig, which featured porn stars in S&M scenes and was directed by gay porno director Chi-Chi LaRue. This shit is scandalous, especially for the time. Wow, what year was this? 98, and it was black and white. And I, when I heard the description, I'm like, oh, it's just like some leather and some chains. No, it's... I'm pretty sure people are actually having sex and they're just filming it in such a way that you can't see actual sex and there's mm-hmm. such quick clips. But I was thinking, there's no way that they showed this, I mean, before midnight on it's any of the It's pretty interesting that I didn't hear anything about this video. But I don't like, think people wanted you to hear about but this. But everybody was losing their mind over, like, Smack My Bitch Up. Oh, and Smack My Bitch Up is fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's there's like you things, watch it now but... and you're like... Eh. It's tame. Even today watching I Am a Pig, I'm like, I mean, I'm fine with it, but I thought in 98, there's no way this was on TV, even after midnight. I'm picturing something a lot like Pink Flamingos. Did you ever see that movie? Mm -mm. Don't see it. It's the only movie on this planet that has actually, like, terrified me. And actually, what is like, it about? Oh, it's a John Waters movie. Oh. Um, is and that I've, the one with Divine in it? It's like everyone. Oh. <laughs> it's like every John Waters movie. <laughs> that, oh, do you mean that every John no, Waters movie? That describes nothing. I've never seen a John Waters movie. What? What? First point break and now not a single John Waters movie? What is wrong with you? Sorry. Okay, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. 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 I just lost it for a second. Well, first of all, we need to get you to watch a fucking John Waters movie. God damn it. Um, Wait a minute. Wasn't his version of Hairspray, he did the movie Hairspray for one of them, right? He did the original Hairspray. Oh. Um, With Divine. Yeah. You know what? No, and I've never seen a John Waters movie. He's, I'm sorry. He did that one. He Polyester, which Divine starred in. He did Crybaby. You've never seen Crybaby? Oh, I don't know he did Crybaby. Oh my God. Crybaby is so good. What the fuck was I talking about? Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos is well, scary. Pink Flamingos is... A pretty typical John Waters movie, just taken to the extreme. Like, chickens were killed in very awful ways <laughs> in this movie. Um, actual dog shit was eaten by Divine at oh. the end. Um, oh. There was incest. It was very scandalous. Very, very scandalous. And it, it, it traumatized me a little bit. It was like, I, oh, there's, oh, it's flashbacks. It's, it's bad. But anyway, like, if you can handle that kind of shit, watch it. Okay. I can't handle that kind of shit. You can give me all the blood and guts and grossness you want, but I can't. I can't do that. It was it was pretty disgusting. I just hated Requiem for a Dream. Oh, fuck that movie. I hate that Not movie. Not only is it upsetting, but it's preachy. Yeah. It's one thing when you're upsetting. It's another thing when you're preachy. I mean... And I had a boyfriend at the time show it to me because I smoked some pot. And he's like, oh, don't smoke pot. Oh, well, first of all, fuck off. Right. Um, a. Exhibit A. A. Fuck off. Fuck off. Uh, B. I didn't even get far enough 
to even really figure out what it was about. I just I watched like the first half an hour. I'm like, this is the dumbest it's movie I've ever seen. It's basically drugs are bad. Okay. Two points here. First of all, I've never liked any Darren Aronofsky movie because they're all so pretentious. It's like he directed them with his head lodged straight up his own ass the whole time. And second point, if you really want to show a movie to somebody to be like, hey, don't do drugs, watch Train Spotting. I've never seen Train Spotting. Far more effective. Huh. Far more effective. Also, that needs to go on the list of shit you need to watch. No, never mind. Edit that part out. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I mean, like, I'm probably going to edit the, out this entire fucking rant, but I might, like, post this bonus material or something. Who knows? I'll think about it. I'm like, this is a big ass rant, but I, I, I like, like it. I like it, though. I like it. It has no place in here, but I'll, I'm going to find some place for you. I'll no, but I like talking about, like, John Waters and movies. We can have some movie talk in here. Movie talk! Movie t- <laughs> Welcome to our new segment called Movie, movie Talk. talk. <laughs> So maybe being engrossed in a project where he could really explore his sexuality for a bit made Rob feel a little more comfortable with being himself outside of closed doors. In 1998, while doing an interview with MTV to discuss the new album release with Two, Rob makes the offhand comment, quote, speaking as a gay man in metal, and the reaction was audible. (laughs) The producer dropped his clipboard and immediately Rob realized what he said. But being the class act he is, he just continued with the interview and decided he would deal with the repercussions later. Because that's what Rob Halford does. That's kind of how you subtly drop the mic. He's like, oh, shit. Without intentionally dropping the mic. Let me, maybe if I just keep talking, no one will notice. Because I'll give it to him. He is a very poised and cool and calm customer. Seriously. Very much. He just keeps himself real composed. Through that whole documentary on the subliminal message trial, he was, like, super calm, super not stressed at all. Yeah. Very articulate, very composed. Like, how do I get that disposition? Yeah. He has a really good ability to self-reflect, which I just want to spend six months studying with Rob Halford. Yeah, every article I've read about him, he's, like, the coolest dude. Yeah. Super nice. Like, makes you feel comfortable and super funny. If there's, He actually has made my list of celebrities. I'm like, I'd want to meet you in real life because I feel like I wouldn't be nervous around you because yeah. you're just a nice person. Like, I want to go to a pub and have a beer with that yeah, guy. He, well, you'd have a beer. He would have a water. Oh, he doesn't drink? Oh, we'll get to that. So, <laughs> Rob, of course, wondering what the fallout is going to be from this and imagines the absolute worst He assumed his career was over and all of his fans that he helped make with various bands would turn tail and run. You would think, considering the genre of music he has been in for this long. However, that was not the case. Because at this point, I think we've covered enough metal for you kids playing at home to realize metal fans get a real bad rap. They do. And they do. But honestly, the first two weeks we spent covering metal was... Norwegian black metal. Right. Who... They were shitty. But... Don't have a great track record. No. And I think they might have been more enigmas in the scene. They're not representative of the scene as a whole. Of course not. For sure. No. But yeah, it's it's easy to get... You see some really shitty bad eggs. And then, of course, the subliminal message trial 
and just in general, the visceral that some metal fans can have. And that's easy to overshadow the fact that generally most metal fans, pretty chill. You know, people think they're Satanists and they commit crimes, they eat babies and they're hypnotized to kill when they listen to the lyrics. But it's, it's bullshit. They really just want people, to listen to people. good music and they don't give a good shit. Music. And most of the times it's just regular people who had a shit day and they're like, I just want to listen to some Judas Priest. And they're like, Rob Halford gets me. I'm so angry. You know, they're 100% capable of being compassionate for a gay man in their scene is fine. And just because the person who was delivering these messages that you related to so well came out 20 years later as a gay man doesn't mean that you can't relate to these messages anymore. Right. Well, the metal community, for the most part, were completely accepting of Rob's sexuality. They didn't care who their metal god wanted to bang, and he would still be the guy who brought them the amazing music with a vocal range exceeding four octaves. Like, this guy has so much fucking talent, who gives a shit if he's gonna blow a dude or whatever? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Of course, there are those who burned their Judas Priest albums or the bros who were uncomfortable with the thought that they spent years idolizing a gay man. You know, some guys come out and say, dude, I'm not gay. You should never come out. I didn't need to know that. I'm not gay, but... I'm not gay, man. But But now now I feel like I am gay because I like a gay man as a singer... And now that, I have to confront my own sexuality, which I was stuffing real deep down inside me and not confronting at all. And now you made me do that. <laughs> that. <laughs> it was that. One guy actually accused him of, oh, he's just coming out to sell his new album. That's right. Rob Halford was going to face persecution from millions. In 1998. To try to sell his new album. Wonderful strategy. You got it. You got it, bro. Man, you got figured out. (sighs) But the rest of the (laughs) fan base welcoming Rob, no matter his orientation, and he felt confident that he made the right decision and he could finally drop that burden that weighed on him for so many years. On it, he said, quote, The thing about gay people is that until we come out of the closet, we're always protecting other people. I can't do this because it's going to hurt so-and-so. We're trying to live the lives of other people, and that's the worst thing you can do. You've got to learn to love yourself and live your own life. Then you can go out in the world and try to figure everything else out. So, he's, like, fucking dude is woke. Too woke. (laughs) In retrospect, it was pretty obvious that Rob Halford was batting for the other team. With lyrics like, never straight and narrow on the track Grinder, which... I mean, come on. Grinder. Yeah. Grinder. Now I want to know if the app is called Grinder because of that. Maybe. Also, I don't know. Never straight and narrow. Yeah. Like, I, I, maybe you can be looking into it too much after the fact. But, but you can't deny well, it. And, and later on, they had even asked him, you know, did you mean to put some of that stuff in your lyrics? He's like, probably subconsciously, yeah. Yeah. You know, in Breaking the Law, he screams, you don't know what it's like. And he's like... There's a good chance I was just frustrated and pissed because I have to hide who I am and you don't know what that's like. And he kind of had to, like, double up on how much he hit it. Yeah. Because he, you know, was in a stereotypically macho music scene. Exactly. So he needed to hold up that. Yeah. He also, you know, they also had 
some kind of homosexual undertones in one of their music videos, Hot Rockin'. They're running around and taking showers and working out a lot and yeah. arguably you could say. But that's supposed to be seen as macho. The, yeah, and, and it's supposed to be seen for the women. But yeah. really then when you go back and look at it, you're like, oh. Oh, it wasn't for the ladies. Mm, it wasn't for the ladies. I mean, kind of for the ladies. The ladies can, appre- ladies can appreciate the bandmates. Just can't. Yeah. You can appreciate Rob Halford. You just can't have Rob Halford. <laughs> Oh, and of course, his leather daddy outfit, which after all this comes to light, some are quick to say, oh, well, duh, duh, guys, really? Yes. Okay. All right. Y'all thought he was straight. Did you never see the biker from the village people? Apparently we didn't. Because he's basically the biker from the village people. (laughs) Spitting image. Yeah. I think he even mentioned that at one point. He was like, I look like the biker from the village people. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Get with it. Now, I'd like to take this moment to veer off into how Judas Priest introduced fantastic wardrobe of the heavy metal enthusiast as we know it today. Mm -hmm. Bear with me while we rewind back to the 60s and 70s real quick when the hippie era was coming to a close, but the younger generation wasn't about to fall in line, and art was now the way to express their frustration at the oppressive environment that they were experiencing. Visual artists like Robert Maplethorpe and Andy Warhol were hanging out with musicians and helped to influence their looks. Warhol was letting his rock pals know that they could be anything they wanted. Men could wear makeup and women could be cans of soup. Wait a minute, that's not right. Wait, what? Hmm. Anyway, overall his motto of don't change art, change society would soon be professed by punks and heavy metal rockers alike. Mm Mm-hmm. And Maplethorpe played quite a hand in documenting New York City's S&M scene with his photography. The shocking imagery was perfect for the rebellious youth to use on stage and in their album art. Despite his work being fairly homoerotic, even straight boys like Motley Crue could use it to up their sex appeal to female fans. Mm-hmm. So this was all really playing a lot of parts in the scene. Visual artists really played a huge part in getting musicians to change their looks. So our little Robbie Halford rocks into <laughs> a leather and SM store in the late 70s to buy just a few pieces of studs and jewelry and leather just for the underground gay clubs. And considering how much of himself he had to repress, being able to wear something as small as a leather bracelet meant being able to open up even just a little. So he was all about it. But slowly... He began to introduce more and more into his, as well as his bandmates, wardrobes. Not just the leather, but the spikes, the chains, the studs, everything. Combined, they expressed the look to match the heavy metal sound that Priest had finally discovered. Fast, hard, and dangerous. It was the full package fantasy that men could really latch on to. Straight men, too, because at this point, straight men are thinking, well, heavy metal has all this dungeon imagery and Mm -hmm. this barbarian mode and these women who are willing to do anything for them and these leather chain or leather and chains make them think oh this is how you get the ladies yeah so this played to everybody meanwhile you got all the gays the underground scene being like y'all know you're wearing our shit right bitch we see you (laughs) well we see you we know what's going on you don't know (laughs) but we fucking know (laughs) god damn it and I just to uh, kind of give a shout out, I got a lot of my fashion and art kind of research from this book I found on Amazon called Leather Spikes and Chains 
by Javier S. Medina. It is a very good and interesting book. Mm-hmm. Well-researched. However, he is in desperate need of an editor. And if somehow <laughs> you are listening to this, sir, and you need an editor, I am more than happy to come for like 10 bucks and edit your shit for you. That'd be fine. You got yourself a red pen. I do. I mean, I'm not the best editor, but in a page, I noticed a lot of mistakes. So if you're fine with bad grammatical errors and spelling, it's got a lot of interesting info in it. Highly suggest it. Mm-hmm. It's five bucks on Amazon. Yeah. So can't you can't go wrong. At least I don't think you can. Something we didn't get to touch on in the last episode that was likely to be influenced by Halford's need to stay closeted was his very real drinking and drug problem. He was living that rock and roll lifestyle, waking up in the evening, grabbing the first bottle he saw next to the bed and just getting fucking hammered to get through the day, or in his case, night. And he wasn't a good drunk either. He had a tendency to break things, get in a large arguments, drive drunk, and be overall a piece of shit obnoxious guy. Everything you should not be when you're drunk. Yeah, so he was not a good drunk at all. Mm-hmm. And he even once attempted suicide by trying to ODM Percocet. Oh. So, Rob, not a good drunk. <laughs> Pretty much had all of the worst qualities that you could. There had to come a breaking point eventually. And it did so in the form of tragedy. In 1986, Rob's partner at the time committed suicide right in front of him. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's horrible. Yeah. It's, it's no good. So with that, Rob entered himself into rehab. With the help of both his spirituality and his music, he is now 32 years sober. And he has claimed if he didn't finally get sobriety when he did, then he would likely be dead. Good for him. So, fucking, yeah. That's... It's one thing to even admit that you have a problem and then to just say, nah, I gotta fix this though. And then from that day on, just be like, nope, not doing it. Yeah, I'm not gonna fall into this anymore. So That's pretty difficult, especially with all the pressure you're under being in a band and touring and everything. Yeah, and at this time, so this is the mid-80s, he's trying to get sober, he still has to hide that he's gay, and then a couple years later you're gonna have this trial... And before that, your partner commits suicide, suicide in front of in you. In front of you. So it's like he has this mountain of bullshit and still managed to fucking get sober. Like, that's wow. Good that for takes you. a lot of strength. It really does. Like, he's there's so many reasons to respect him, and especially this is one of them. Now we're going back, 2000s rolling in, and there was quite the clamoring for the original lineup of Judas Priest to perform once again. You know, it's not that people didn't like Tim, but he's not Rob. Right. So they want Rob back. Everybody kind of does that with all of their favorite older bands. And it does eventually happen. Mm -hmm. You know, no one was sure of the likelihood as Rob was working on another solo band at the time, just known as Halford, and the boys at Priest were releasing another album with Tim. But Rob had finally gone back to his heavy metal roots, so people thought maybe there's some potential there. Mm -hmm. But by 2002-2003, ten plus years had passed since Rob began to remove himself from the priest scene. And they really had time to work on all of their internal issues. And they finally reached a a point where a reunion didn't just seem possible, but it seemed damn sensible. And Actually, Rob wrote the band a bunch of letters saying, you know, I'm really sorry about everything that went down and how it went down. And they talked to him back and said, you know, it's okay. And there was this big kind Mm -hmm. of just cathartic, you know what? I'm sorry. That was shitty. Let's try this again. Yeah. 
there was so much just kind of acceptance and happiness that Tim didn't even really mind giving Rob the mic back. And he was fine with leaving this the band. This is like the most non-confrontational like story. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like, because like, well, they have confrontation and I'm sure there was shitty parts to it. But here's the thing. They never, because they're all real respectable gentlemen, never go into it. Yeah. It's it's the very British thing of uh, never really talking about feelings. Stiff upper and, lip. Yeah. But they were, I mean, that makes sense. They were from that, that real, like, don't fucking talk about your emotions area Or, you England. know, if you're gonna, they were gonna talk about it, they would just talk about it with each other. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. So, arguably healthy. They didn't want to air their drama yeah. out, which but, was great. But also, like... It, it makes their story a little bit less intriguing, I yeah. guess. They're because, pretty like, open about, like, oh, yeah, we didn't get along, but now we're all getting yeah. along again. Like, the biggest things were the subliminal message trial and then arguably Rob's uh, alcoholism, but mm. they didn't really talk. I didn't find anything about that in my research. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did I miss that? Because they barely talk about their drama. Because yeah. they don't want people... Again, good on you. They yeah. want people like we don't want you fucking focusing on our bullshit. We want you focusing on the music, right? And so obviously people did. Yeah. So like you got, you know, Rob going his own way, and they were like, yeah, we were pissed, but you know, it happens. Yeah, it yeah. happens. We'll figure it out. Whatever. And then, you know, this new guy coming in, and they were like, yeah, it was good. It now was he's fun. gone. <laughs> like yeah, even the guy. <laughs> like, but. but and what? even, well, here's the thing, so even with Tim leaving, you know, he said that it was kind of the worst time for heavy metal music, so it kind of was good for him to leave and try yeah. to do different things. He and was he... like, yo, metal music wasn't doing great right now, and honestly, I wouldn't have left Judas Priest, but I was fine with them asking me to leave. But he also had enough going where he ended up doing a bunch of shit, too. Right. Afterwards. He's so... done a lot of session stuff, and... He's, he's had his own bands. Yeah, he's had his own work. So he's arguably done a bit more successful work since leaving Priest, which is so good for him. You know, he got to experience that taste of, I'm working with the, the fucking band I love. And then he's like, all right, now I'm good. I'm going to do I my mean, own thing. he went from singing in a Judas Priest tribute band to being the lead singer of the actual Judas Priest without really doing much. And then they made a movie about it with Mark Wahlberg. And then they made a movie about him that was terrible, but they made a movie about him. And now he gets to do whatever the fuck he wants and he's making tons of money. So I'm going to go with win for win for the Ripper. Win for Tim. (laughs) Win for Tim the Ripper. Tim the Ripper. Good job. Good job, Tim. Proud of you. (laughs) So in March 2005... Judas Priest releases the album Angel of Retribution, and it debuts at number 13 in the U.S., so clearly the fans are happy to have the gang back together. Mm-hmm. And maybe between all that happened in the past decade, it just gave them a nice new set of cojones to experiment a little. For their 16th studio album, they did an album focusing on the 16th century writer Nostradamus. It is unlike anything they had ever done before. Concept album? It's a concept album with symphonic orchestrations and choirs. It's released on a double disc. It's pretty epic. And I kind of fucking love it. Like, that's my fucking jam right there. It sounds like if Nostradamus was alive, he would totally jerk it (laughs) to this album. (laughs) 
and be like, thank you, Jesus Priest. Thanks, Jesus Priest. I finally have spank material again. That's how Nostradamus talks. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, since, you know, the the world didn't end in 2012, now I got to spank it to the Nostradamus album. (laughs) And I'm okay with that. Tonight I'm going to use the stranger. (laughs) But, yeah. Hey, I have the same birthday as Nostradamus, by the way. Not something to brag about but fun fact but about actually not something to not brag about also have the same birthday as eddie vetter i don't oh i only have the same birthday as one person that i care about who is shinsuke nakamura <gasps> no i told you this like weeks ago <gasps> we were drinking though. that's amazing and you both have shaved sides on your heads it's like you're the same person and i've got weird face <laughs> so <laughs> I make weird faces. I punch guys in the dick. You know what? You know what? That means you have every right to walk around to places playing his intro music. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, but I do. I do. Every time you walk into. Just walk through a doorway. You have you to have like, a recording. And, and I'll just like put over my head and walk yes. around in a sweet leather jacket. And everyone's like, oh, Just Maggie's get here. like a replica of Michael Jackson's Thriller outfit. that's what it is. that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. And, oh my God. Yeah. And eventually I'll get a cease and desist letter. That'd be great. So, Nostradamus. I fucking love the album. I think it's great. But that's the kind of metal I'm into. Really epic concept theatrical i love it that's kind of why i like gothic metal yeah like it's it it's a lot like that i wouldn't say it completely falls into gothic metal but it definitely oh no it doesn't i'm sure it it tinges on it yeah i'm sure there's similarities definitely yeah and at this point um gothic metal is getting a lot of uh popularity i guess yeah so i'm sure they probably heard of it at this point oh yeah no, definitely. Because this was in the 2000s at this point. Yeah. The band expressed the desire to perform the album in full as part of theatrical production, but due to the lack of positive reception, it's unlikely to happen. Get with it, fans! Because it would be fucking epic to watch. Wait, why? They want to basically... I don't... like. So the album came out. It did debut at number 11, which at that time was the highest the Priest album had debuted, uh-huh. but many critics felt it should have been brought down to just one album, that the synth orchestra sound was dated, it just wasn't that good. They tried, you know, they were a little big for their britches, kind of bullshit. But isn't this the same time when um, Metallica did the S&M album? Oh, this was years after S&M. So what, why, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? I fail you to can't see what the see problem me, is. But I'm shrugging. <laughs> I'm trying to be shrug emoji real hard right now. Yeah. Because I have no fun. Because I, I listened to the whole thing last night. I was in it to win it. I was yeah. in love with it. So I don't know what people. Again, the fuck's get with the problem it, fans. here. What the fuck's the problem, kids? You got a problem? I don't. <laughs> in December 2010, the band announced an upcoming Epitaph tour. And that would be their last, which would go through 2012. And they said it was just kind of time to say farewell. Except in 2011, there were talks of them writing a new album. And the band came out to say, this by no means is the end. But this will be our last major world tour. 
And then three years later, they would release their 17th album, Redeemer of Souls. And by then, it would have been announced that Epitaph was not their final world tour. So everything they just said was bullshit, which is fine. Fine. I mean, it worked out for the best for all of us. Make that money. Well, make that money. And if you're having fun, having a good time, I'm sure the fans are about it. And I'm sure at this point, I mean, it's not like they're constantly on tour or constantly in the studio or constantly switching back and forth. So they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, it's amazing how people still pressure them for new music. And it's like, dude. Just fucking chill. Let them do what they want when they want. They They're Judas fucking priest. 18 goddamn albums. Pick one. Yeah, you got plenty. You got a lot to choose from. And then you got solo shit. It's, you're fine. You're fine. You got a lot. You're Don't worry about fine. it. In April 2011... K.K. Downing retired from Judas Priest due to issues with management and being disappointed with the band's live performances. Yeah. Sorry nobody's crashing their motorcycles into drum risers. Right? And when he initially left, it was just, you know, he said, no, I'm just having issues with management. I don't really want to talk about what's going on. Being real British about it. Being real British about it. But then later on, that's when he kind of threw some shade about, I'm a bit disappointed with the band's live performances, Ooh. which now I guess if you think about it in British terms, maybe that's some real shade. I don't know. That's like a come at me bro kind of. Maybe. He's like, you guys suck live. <laughs> Remember when we were good live? Never done. I hate it. Also, you're kind of old, bro. It's fine. Like, Just take it's okay your time. If you have fun. Around. You don't it's have fine. to. Nobody said you had to. Well, you this... deserve to be able to sit in a chair and play your guitar if you want. <laughs> you oh. can even have a recliner. That would make it better. Old man KK, he's like, let me just get my easy boy here. <laughs> my lazy boy. Oh, that's a lazy boy. <laughs> <laughs> easy boy? But boy is spelled I'm gonna B-O-I. S- I'm going to sit on my easy boy now. <laughs> yeah, so you got to say lazy boy, easy chair. Either way, easy boy. <laughs> it's easy boy now. <laughs> you have to spell it B-O-I. Easy oh, well, boy. Yeah. Mm, hey, easy boy. How you doing? <laughs> Fuck. This past February, Glenn Tipton revealed that he had Parkinson's disease. Oh, shit. And he has stepped down from touring. And he was diagnosed in 2008, but managed to play for the past 10 years. Wow. And only... Within the past recent years, is it really getting in the way of him playing? So that's kind of amazing. I mean, I'm not even going to try and say that I know how Parkinson's works. No, I think I can scientifically explain to you every moment of Parkinson's disease. That is bullshit. That is 100% bullshit. (laughs) But, I mean, as far as I know, sometimes if you're holding on to something, it stops the shakes. Mm. Um, Do you remember... Oh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, he ran for president. He was an older guy and he ran for president. Was it Bob Dole? Why does the name Bob Dole make me laugh? Yeah, it's Bob Dole. It's was totally it Bob, Bob Dole? Dole. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Bob Dole. Bob Dole has Parkinson's? I'm pretty sure he had something. If it wasn't Parkinson's, it was something like that. And that's why he was always holding a pen. Oh. Remember, he was always holding a pen because if he was holding on to it, then he wouldn't shake. Huh. Um, so as 
far as I know, if you have Parkinson's, Bob Dole, and you, Bob and Dole holds pens. Yeah, Bob Dole. If if you're holding on to something or you're doing something that's very familiar to you with your hands, then you don't shake. Huh. And then as soon as you're like resting, you're shaking all over the place again. So maybe playing the guitar, playing the guitar him. helped him stop. And then he got to a point where even when he was doing what he knew. And holding on to that guitar, he still couldn't make it stop. You can only stop your body from doing bullshit for so long. Interesting thing, though. I recently watched a video. Well, recently, probably like a year ago. um, I watched a video of a man with very severe Parkinson's and he just he could not stop violently shaking. And he smoked marijuana, medical marijuana, and almost immediately stopped shaking completely completely why isn't this shit legal i don't know looking at you government (laughs) this is how the whole thing this is how we're gonna get shut down (laughs) this is how the podcast gets shut down and we go to jail yeah government government seriously though fuck yeah well, it's not cure diseases because weed's bad. It's a gateway I know drug. What, you know what? Instead, everybody of, needs to watch Requiem yes! for a Dream. Still curing diseases. Let's make everyone watch Requiem for a Dream. Darren Aronofsky is God, a genius. Fuck it, eat a dick. Darren Aronofsky, eat a dick. <laughs> You're welcome. Darren Aronofsky, eat a dick. <laughs> you can't eat a dick his movies suck I mean the only one I think I've seen is Requiem for a Dream and I still don't like it and I also I, thought that his name was Jared Leno so I thought he was Jay Leno's son or, or Jared Leno's cousin who Jared Leto is in Requiem for a Dream no yeah did I not say Jared Leto no what did I say is it Jared Leno yeah no it's Leto oh, with no, a T I know, but I didn't know that when I first saw it I first saw his name was Jared Leno. So that is Jalen's son. It's fine. We've had a few beers. It's been a fucking night. <laughs> Ashley's not, cracking. This is not Weird Al episode levels of of ridiculousness, but it's 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 it's, it's, feel, it's, getting it's a there. solid number two right now. That's that's what yeah. That's, that's yeah. It's poop. You just call it poop. poop. It's poop. But it's a solid poop. <laughs> Oh my god. We're talking about Parkinson's, goddammit. Bob Dole. Three months ago on March 9th, they released their 18th studio album, Firepower, and debuted at number five at the Billboard charts, and is a pretty fucking sweet listen. If you haven't listened to it, fucking put that jam on your fucking iPod or whatever the fuck you listen to your music on. In your in your little ears. Put them in, in your, your little ears. In your earbuds or your little vinyl buds or whatever buds you got. Get those little hairs in your ears going. And then just like, yeah. No, it pumping. is good shit, though. And a lot of critics do praise it for being a real true-to-form style and just, it's hard. But there's also a lot of good, interesting, relevant lyrics one of the songs, Evil Never Dies, is about Nazis and how they're still fucking around. <laughs> and how we don't understand why they're so fucking around. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I just want to throw it out there that despite all the success, all the perseverance, all the class that this band has exemplified, they are still not... In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are you fucking kidding? Nope. Why? 
They were Why? Nomi- they hold up. Hold up. Hold on to your chair. They were nominated this year and they lost to Bon Jovi. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's a real thing. That's a real thing. Trump's our president and Judas Priest lost to Bon Jovi. This is the world we live in, everyone. Time to drink till our hearts stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about it. Who? Who? Yeah. Who voted for Bon Jovi? (laughs) It's actually just all their moms. Their moms are all the people Uh, on the board. Fucking. Yeah. Interesting news is that there are talks within Judas Priest to work on a black metal album. Ooh. Mm. So that'd be fun. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'd be excited to hear that. Wrapping it up, Judas Priest will forever go down as the inventors of heavy metal as we know it today. And they have been active for so long, gone through so many incarnations, and had their fair share of drama, but they still have always carried themselves with so much goddamn class and respect. Yes. You have no choice but to respect them for it. And good for them, because a lot of uh, bands can't no. haven't really done that. I'm looking at you, Motley Crue. Mm, looking at you, Motley Crue. <laughs> well, and in saying that, you have to acknowledge the impact the gay community has had on metal music. Since coming out, Rob Halford hasn't stopped being vocal about equality and acceptance for the LGBT plus community. Mm-hmm. And while he admits that we have come a long way, we still have work to do. He doesn't understand how we're nearing 2020 and are still having to fight for gay rights. Why is there still so much pushback? And honestly, I think we can say thanks to him and other artists like him coming out. It has helped to open the hearts of some. You know, it has to be pretty good when a heavy metal dude comes out. The heavy metal god is like, yeah, I fuck dudes. What are you going to do about it? Right. And there's a good chunk of people who probably were like, no, no, my gay people. And he comes out and like, but I fucking love Judas Priest. I'm not burning my records. And maybe it's not the best start, but it's a start. And it's some place you got to go from. It's, it's, some- it's a, it's a, I think it's a group of people that don't necessarily get reached yeah. in the gay, with the gay community. Yeah. So it's good. There needs to be more outreach. Yeah. Because we need to get more close-minded douchebags to be like, gay people are fine. I don't know why we give a shit anymore. Because that's kind of like, I get what Rob Halford's saying. I'm like, why do we still give a shit? Yeah. Why is this still even an issue? Why? why? Like, why Why are you telling people like, oh, I won't make you a fucking cake? Why are you telling people like, oh, I don't, why do you get a whole month to celebrate that you're gay? Yeah. Well, like, cause there's, or, because, because you're asking that question, yeah. that's why they get a whole month to celebrate yeah. it. When we stop asking the question, that's when they don't need the month anymore. Right. There you go. And that's why there is a Black History Month and a Women's History Month and a Pride Month and all of these things. Notice, there's no White Man's Month. Sorry. Sorry. White men. <laughs> you don't really need You it. get the rest of the year. Like, bring it down. You're fine. Just give us a month. Just give us a fucking month. Like, give... Give gay people a month. And it's arguably one of the funnest months. Yes, it is. Fucking rainbows. Who doesn't love rainbows? And amazing music. And like a parade every weekend. Hell yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, amazing dance parties. Yeah. Great drink specials. 
That's true. Nobody's losing during Pride Karaoke. Month. Oh. Uh, lots of bears. Lots of bears. And I know I'm never going to, you know, hit it with any of them bears, but I still like looking at them. Mm-hmm. I can look. Mm-hmm. A straight woman can appreciate. <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, so you can't be a fan of heavy metal music and not acknowledge and appreciate the influence that gay culture's had on it. And if you're gonna, then go fuck yourself. (laughs) And Rob Halford will continue to encourage everyone regardless of their identity. In a recent interview with Vice, he said, I'd like to think that sometimes your message is being carried for you in your music, which I've done in a lot of my work with Priest. When I'm talking about overcoming struggles and so forth in my life, it's not just for the straight community, it's for everybody. That's important to know. I'm there for you guys. Whatever you need me to try and do, I'll do it for you. He's such a nice guy. God damn it. God damn We don't deserve Rob Halford. No, he's a don't. fucking international treasure. He's a, he's a goddamn saint. I'm hoping since he's an international treasure, Nick Cage won't try to fucking steal him. <laughs> That's what he does, right? Nicholas Cage steals national treasures. Yeah. 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 Don't do it, Nicholas Cage. Yeah. International treasure. Hands off. Him. Hands off, bitch. You can't have him. Yeah. However, that is a missed opportunity for a, a trilogy. Yeah. International treasure. National treasure three international treasure. Oh my God. <laughs> Directed by John Waters. Oh, yes. Starring Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> but not Divine. Oh, no. Rip, she could have a cameo. Oh, no, ripped, she can't. Is rip she, Divine. Wait, oh. Divine died a long time ago, I sweetie. No, I haven't seen a John Waters movie. <laughs> I guess with Pride Month, I probably should. Yeah, you really should. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Rob Halford. Your gold star standard is being a human fucking being. So fucking do it, kids. Thank you so much for listening to Rock Candy, like you do every week, because you're a good faithful listener and you appreciate us i mean we go through some hell for you bitches yeah. all two of you so hey right. i think we've got like 12 i'm calling it we got 12 we got a dozen we might even have a baker's dozen Ooh, Ooh. 13 i like that. i'll take it but thank you all for listening and if you like what you hear maybe you want to rate and review us on itunes yeah do it because that would be what a nice person does. Hey, you know who would rate and review us if they knew we existed? Rob Halford. He would. He probably, maybe. No, he would. I think If we so. ask him nicely, he'd be like, yeah, sure. All right. By the way, he has a clothing line now. Oh my God, I want to wear all of it. Yeah. It's really good. Oh, I believe it. I can't remember the name of it, but it, I remember reading the name and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'll wear it. That's, yeah. This that's all makes right sense. Name. This makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Also, follow us on social media. <laughs> we're on facebook and instagram at rock candy podcast and twitter at rock candy pod there you go and our website is www.rockcandy.com you got rock candy podcast.com yes rock, oh. i'm sorry guys it's been a fucking night also if you have any questions comments or you just you're like i want to say shitty things too but i don't want to say it on the internet you can just email us at contact us <laughs> at rockcandypodcast.com. we have email it's great. And, you know, it's summer's coming. Trying to get some great fun plans. Hope you guys are too. And we got more pride coming up for you guys next week. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good time. Learn yourself something, bitches. Yeah, learn yourself something. Fuck yeah. With that, party out, Ashley. Party out.
Party on, Maggie. My I'm empty. Sorry. But party on anyway. Ha! Party <laughs> on, you crazy kids out there. Bye. Bye.